You're listening to the winning literary show, Off the Shelf Books Talk Radio, live with host Denise Turney, author of the books Long Walk Up, Portia, Love Pour Over Me, Spiral, Love Has Many Faces, and Rosetta's Great Hope. Turn up your dial and get ready for a blast of feature author interviews, 411 on book festivals, writing conferences, and so much more. Ready? Let's go. Good morning, good morning, good morning out there in off-the-shelf land. I want to start with this ancient Indian proverb. You know, we started a couple of years ago kicking off the shows with a thought that, to drop into your mind. And this ancient Indian proverb says, certain things catch your eye, but pursue only those that capture the heart. Certain things capture catch your eye, but pursue only those that capture your heart. And I'm hoping i got to start asking our guests for their number because when I get a lot of people on the line, I'm like, okay, I'm hoping I pick up the right line. But I want to introduce our guests in just a minute. But before that, I want to welcome you, especially our loyal listeners. We're headed for 17 years, you guys. I never thought in a million years I would be doing this at all, period. And I never thought definitely not uh, going into 17 years. But for those of you who have been with us every step of the way, from when we started at Rainbow Soda Smooth Jazz Radio Station, I say thank you, thank you, thank you for being here with us. And if you just you just been looking for something to do Saturday morning, maybe you're doing housework, you got your you got your speakers on, and you came across off the shelf. I want to thank you as well and tell you that you are absolutely listening to the Winning Book Podcast off the shelf. Before we introduce today, we have two women. They are they their personalities, their energy is so amazing. You're going to absolutely, absolutely love them and be delighted with them. And they also have their own shows that they can share with us. Today, so you can check them out as well. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, are you somebody who loves, I mean, a tight mystery suspense thriller where something's happening every page, you just want to know what's going to happen next. Every page and every chapter to when it ends, if you say, I got to go to bed, I got to get them to go to school, I got to go to bed, I got to get them go to go to work, you just want to keep reading because you want to know what's going to happen next. Now, this story, this mystery, the theme of it, the heart of it, actually is unfortunately things that happen in real life around the world. And it has dominated at times headline news. People have gotten in big trouble for what is in this book, the core of the story. But a woman goes on vacation in the the, the, the mountains of North Georgia, and which is absolutely gorgeous up there. But it's what happens while she's up there that sets the story ablaze. So if you love a mystery, a suspense, a thriller, I encourage you to get a copy of Escaping Toward Freedom by Denise Turney, yours truly. It's an e-book, paperback, and hardback. Again, Escaping Toward Freedom. So I hope you go get yourself a copy and treat yourself to a wonderful mystery that will just keep you turning the pages. And now, now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guests, and we have two today, and we've done this before where we've had more than one person on the line, and, and it's rare, but we have done it before. And our special off-the-shelf guests this morning are Jade and Will Nona. They are a dynamic, creative team. That They're just an awesome duo. They're also known as The Ladies, and The Ladies started this journey with the simple thought that life is different from textbook or what, or what society told them, and they missed some things. They forgot to teach everything needed to be a successful woman in today's world. So they came together to write a book about what they've learned throughout their lives, not what they've heard and it didn't prove to be true or what they read in the book and it didn't prove to be true for them, but based on actual experiences and events they had. So the And I Thought Ladies these books, and I thought, and I thought life would be easy, and I thought college would be easy. I'm just giving examples; those aren't the exact titles. But the and I thought ladies range in age from 26 to 62, in that age range for the for the the books that are written for. They have done every sort of job these women and face challenges involved at every level of life. 
and they discuss everything from surviving domestic violence to throwing the perfect $20 party. And the ladies, Winona and Jade, have appeared on Atlanta TV, WNAV, Everyday Woman, LA TV, Roku TV, ABC, Fox, Sky, and more. I'm going to bring them on. Please check Jade and Winona out online at and we thought that kind of they kept it so simple. It's spelled just the way it sounds. A N D W E T H O U G H T dot com. And we thought dot com. I hope, I hope I'm picking up the right line. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Off the Shelf, Jade and Winona. Hello, and thank you for having us. This is Jade. Hi, thank you for having me. It's Winona. Oh my goodness, you guys I I see you guys on YouTube. I watch y'all on YouTube. I I I mean, just from the first time I came across you guys, I love your energy, your personality. You 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 guys need to be on big TV. You get your just your personality, your energy <laughs> is it is so good. And you when you think about not just COVID, but and and, and unfortunately the different wars. I mean, there's more than one war going on in the world. Unfortunately, but different things that people go through. When you come across with that energy, it can uplift a person in a matter of seconds. And so, I really hope and pray that you guys get a a really, really broad platform. So, it's just an absolute pleasure to have you on. The first couple of questions I'm going to ask you, I ask every guest on the show, so our listeners get a little backstory on our guests before I launch into the questions about their books and whatever else they're doing. So to kick it off, Jade and Winona, and we can start with Jade, who introduced, came on first. Can you tell off-the-shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Well, I grew up in the suburbs of Annapolis, Maryland. Yeah, I grew up in the suburbs of a small town. So just imagine that. Uh, life, very fun. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I love how you're concise today, by the way. You you love how I'm concise? Thank you. Thank you. You're normally wordy. I'm sorry. Wow. Wordy. That's, that's a lot coming from the narcissist of a good. <laughs> <laughs> you would expect no love. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, so, I mean, it's very fun. I think I just had a lot of fun. Okay. Um, This is Wilnona. This is I'm going to agree with her because uh, it's, she laughs in her sleep. Like, you will just, like, some like when we uh, go on vacation together sometimes, you'll wake or on tour, I will wake up and I'm like, what is so funny? It must be, like, the television on. And, no, it's Jade laughing in her sleep. <laughs> so she always has fun. Okay. Now, Winona, where did you, where did, did you guys grow up together and grew up in the same neighborhood? Yes, we grew up, like, Right next to each other, pretty yeah, much. Really like the houses me. are right next to each other. I guess. I mean, if you say that, I don't even know. Like, you know, we were right next to each other. Yeah, one was up, one was down. There we go. There you go. Yeah. Um. So I grew up in Annapolis as well, which is the suburbs, suburbs of the suburbs. Su- no, I go to the suburbs of the suburbs because oh. Annapolis is a suburb of D.C. and I grew up in the suburbs of Annapolis. Yeah. So. But I grew up in a historically African American community, so that was cool. Okay. Oh my goodness. You have been friends all this time. So Winona, when you were you, you growing up and I'm sure you guys were just friends as kids. Winona, when you were a kid, what did you say, This is what I wanna be when I grow up? What did you dream of being when you were a kid? When I was five I wanted to be a neurosurgeon and yes I knew what a neurosurgeon was. When I was seven, a teacher told me I was like one of the better writers that she'd ever come across. I just needed to learn what a plot was, so I immediately came home and told my parents, hey, I'm not going to be a neurosurgeon anymore. I'm going to be a writer. And now that I'm thinking about it when I was older, I remember my parents talking about Florida and, and retiring, and I never heard that conversation again. And I announced I was going to be a writer, but um, they were very supportive either way. And at 10 years old, I got published. Wow. So that, okay, so that that was definitely inspiration. That's another question I generally ask people. That definitely would be inspiration to keep you going down that path of writing. So Jade, when you were a kid, what did you want to be? Winona started out. She wanted to be a neurosurgeon, and she did well in writing. She said, "No, I'm going with this writing thing." What did you want to be when you were a kid, uh, Jade? I wanted to be a sign language interpreter. 
And she became a sign language interpreter. I wanted to be a sign language interpreter, and then I went oh. to a mechanic, but I became a sign language interpreter. Still working on the mechanics thing. Still working on it. Oh, a sign language interpreter. Curious, what made you want to do that? I saw it. I loved it. I told my parents, this is what I'm doing with my life. They said, okay, let's figure out how to get this girl into a college that does it. Or does anybody know how to do this? Let, let's figure it out. Okay. Now, this is Lenora. So Can I add to her story? Okay. Sure, go ahead. You understand, Jade wanted to be a sign language interpreter so bad that she started the first sign language course in the county. She founded wow. herself. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. And do you think about how many people that you've helped uh, with that? That is amazing. That is amazing. You guys are just go get us. Go go do it. So when uh Winona and Jay, when and why did you launch the And I Thought radio show? <laughs> uh, and here comes the last I'm only laughing because it's hilarious. Uh it was because we were doing so many interviews and we were together so much uh, with some of our co authors and we said, you know, we should really talk about this and so we started talking about it and then we were like, wait, we don't want to talk all the time. We want to have other people on to share their wisdom because we do have a tagline, right, that says wisdom is all around you if you're open to finding it and accepting it. So with that being said, like you get more wisdom if you invite your guests on. You hear some more good stuff and you can implement it in your life. Or your or your fans or the people that follow you can implement it in your life, in their lives, and hopefully for the better, right, improve it for the yeah. better. You do learn so much about I just learned so much period doing 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 the show, so that's why you so you guys were doing so many interviews on other radio shows, so you said, why don't we just start our own and how long has the and I thought radio show been been airing? This is Winona. it's been airing five years. it's going on at six this year okay twenty twenty three to be six twenty twenty three will be six yeah. yeah. Well, awesome, awesome. Can you ladies, and I'm going to go to Jade for this one, can you tell us the top three things that authors can gain from appearing on And I Thought? Well, um, you get to talk to two amazing hosts. That's so true. I'm joking. Like, um, obviously, other things. You can talk about your book. You, we can and we like to share our knowledge that we have. And sometimes uh, we have co-hosts, other co-hosts that come on, and they get to really talk about books and you know, just marketing and things like that. Um, This is Winona, and I have to say, okay, I'm letting out a huge secret here, but uh, one, of the, one of the places where we find where we find our uh, our people for, for the 25 hottest that we nominate, like we personally nominate, not that the board nominates, is from our podcast, where we find people to put in our magazines from our podcast. Sometimes people we ask to put you on our conference. They are definitely from our podcast because we those people that we learn a lot from. We then like want to help and and we put them in our network and they and they put us in their network and we get to really help each other expand op- and get other opportunities. And our fans really like it, right? Because our show what like fifteen minutes. A whole article though that takes a longer time to read. Um, coming on a conference, obviously you're going to have a long time to speak. And those are one of our things. We we like to have the people on. We like to learn from them. And if we learn some really great stuff and our audience learns some really great stuff, then we know that that when it comes conference time or 25 hottest time, we know that our wider audience are going to love it. You guys do so much. Now, Winona, Winona, I'm trying to switch back and forth between you guys, but is – and I Thought Divorce Was Bad. Is this your first book? And can you give our listeners a brief overview of the story? It's our first book. It's my first book with Jade. <laughs> so it's my first book with Jade. Um, and no, it's not her first book. No, I've, I've been writing the Widow's Debt, Widow's Web series. It was called something else before. It was like Junior Mafia series before. Mm-hmm. And we changed the name. Um but I, I started writing it when I was 12 years old, and I kind of sort of did a self-published thing. So um, I would write a, a notebook full of, you know, a notebook of stories 
And then I would handle stories to someone, and they would pay me to, to read the stories, and I'd give them part of the money back when they returned it. It was kind of a security, and it was also profit. And I ended up with about 200 and some fans up and down the East Coast. So I literally had to mail, like, my notebooks, handwritten note to, like, Florida and stuff. Wow. <laughs> and, like, so that's how, like, I would write one. Uh, at one time I was writing one a month, and then I started writing one every other week. So it was 26 that I wrote in my senior year of high school so that in case I went to college, I could have books to. Of course you were going to college. Yeah, yeah. Not in case. I went to, when I went to college. got overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> And then I knew that, you know, there's going to be a lot of reading and a lot of writing. So I said, okay, you know what I'll do is I'll, I'll write these books now, and then I'll be able to continue to mail them back and forth and have a, a, another income stream. So I was making about 200 and something a month off of just books. Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. You're very creative, you, your ideals. And you know what? I've heard this term recently, self-rejection, and it sounds like neither of you engage in that. If you do, not much. A lot of a lot of times, people will say they had an ideal and they 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 rejected it themselves, and then they saw somebody else move with it and it took off. And all you can do is sit back and say, "Man, I thought of that too." Somebody told me years ago, when you come up with an ideal, especially if when you consider human consciousness, if we all are connected, you might not be the only person with that ideal. And so, if you don't act on it, somebody else acts on it, and too late. Too late. So it sounds like when you guys get your creative ideals, you move with it. You just go with it and figure out how to make it work. I, I just the the thought that kind of reminded me of a, a New York Times bestselling author Zane. I, I I've met her years and years and years ago when her career was just starting, and she's gone on to do work for Showtime. But she started. She said, "I didn't know if these books were going to sell." So she started writing like a chapter or a little excerpt from her book, and she put it on her web- website, and people were like, when's the next chapter? When's the next installment? When's the next part coming out? And she said, oh, my God, there's interest. And her her, her books just took off. So, But that's how she got started, which reminded me of you just mailing out your your stories across the country, how, how that got started for you. Now, all these – so these your short stories – are they based on real life experiences, or are you just writing things out of your imagination? Okay, let me just go with this. No, it's definitely from my imagination. As a twelve-year-old kid, I ran for. I decided to jump from. First of all, I got poetry published at ten. I jumped from that to writing kids' books, and that didn't work so well. And then, as a twelve-year-old kid, I read, I read Mickey Spillane and decided what I wanted to do was write about a crime family. So I write a family saga that stretches five generations with a crime family. And it's an African-American crime family that would be uh, contemporaries of the beginning of the Costa Nostra in America. So they own about 3% of the crime pie. And they struggle hard and they work hard, but we learn about the ruling family and how they pass it down, and, and then sometimes when people come and take it over it and all that stuff. So at 12, oh, that's what I decided I wanted to do. Interesting. And then you guys do so much more, too. Now, Winona, this is a question doing the research for today's show, uh, coming up with the question stuff from your website and other things I saw out there that you guys have shared. Why, why does learning life, get harder than hard? (laughs) Well, because, um, this is Jade, but it's because that saying, like, oh, don't kick them while they're down, that, I mean, we like to say that, and we wish life would do that for us. (laughs) Like, when you're down, you wish life wouldn't kick you, but sometimes it, like, kicks you some more, and then you're like, okay, so it's hard now. And it just got harder. Like, what do I do past that? And then um, throughout talking to other people, we recognize that a lot of people felt like they're, like, the only one that life got harder and then it got harder. And so we wanted to put it out there, like, no, no, it happens to a lot of people. Don't feel like you're alone in this. You have to get harder, but bear in there. We'll get it. We'll get it. Oh, okay. With some, with, share uh, two pieces of advice based on your experience and the different people you've worked with and interviewed for somebody who might be there right now where they're feeling like it's too hard, what advice would you give to somebody who's, who's, who's there right now? 
This is Winona, and I'm going to be so cliche, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. The darkest hour is right before the dawn. And it's true in nature, and it's so true in life. Because I find most of the times when I am the saddest and life is treating me the meanest, if I can just hold on one more entire year, which feels like forever, then it eventually gets lighter. I mean, we all know this now. I mean, we, we may, for us who are alive and made it through 2020, we don't have to ask if the darkest hours before the dawn. We know. Mm, okay. And how are reflections progress? And before you answer that, and then I want to start talking about your co-writing, but how are reflections progress? But before you answer that, can you tell us what you mean by reflection? Sometimes we use words. I interviewed somebody on the show, and they, she said she met a woman, and she was using a word. A woman used a word. is the same word. But they had they thought it meant something totally different. So when I was asking you how are reflections progress, before you answer that, could you tell us what you mean by reflections? Uh, this is Jade. Um, looking back, looking back, right? So reflecting, looking back, and it is progress because we're all moving forward, right? So when you look back, you'll see how far you come, even if it's just a little thing. You did one yeah. step to your goal one half step to your goal, like, or maybe you're writing a book, right, and then you got so discouraged because everyone told you it's never going to sell and all this stuff. You got so discouraged, but you picked back up your pen and you started again. You're doing so much better than you did. Ah. So sometimes I guess. Well, no one likes to put her spin on that. Okay, okay. Of course, well, no one's going to want to put her spin on that. (laughs) Come on, well, no So no, my my spin on this is that when we when we look at ourselves in a mirror, it actually tells us what we look like that day, and then we can also compare it against the, all the other outfits that we've looked at and be like, oh, I look great, or I don't look so good, and we improve. So that our reflection that when we look back at ourselves and we see what we have learned, our reflection that day, looking at ourselves, makes us either improve ourselves or congratulate ourselves. Now, if it makes you feel bad about yourself, well, I'm sweetie. Something wrong with your mirror. <laughs> ah, okay. I, I just thought about that Mary J. Blige song, Good Morning, Gorgeous. <laughs> it just popped yeah. into my head when you were saying that. What you what? But when you sometimes when it seems hard, life gets harder and harder, and some people are in different places, and it can feel sometimes like you just can't, you cannot do anymore, you cannot take on anymore. Uh, it's it's for any listener hearing that we listeners all around the world to to take be be encouraged. And when it's when it feels hard, it does not feel good. But so it, no. it it may be helpful to look back, like you said, to reflect if you can on just how far you have come, and 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 to stay encouraged mm-hmm. to keep going. Now, ladies, Winona and Jay, do you both co-write? We know Jay does her series that she started in, in high school. She told us about the crime family and a series she was sending around the country. But beyond that, the other works that you guys do, do you co-write all of your books? And and tell us about that co-writing process. So uh, this is Jade. And, no, I did not have the things to send all around the country. I wish I did. That was Winona. I really wish I had known that I could write, right? So Wilona dragged me into this kicking kicking and screaming. And so, yeah, well, I co-write a lot with Wilona because, um, y'all, I didn't even know I was a writer. I thought I was just a reader. And that's why you have to have a best friend that encourages you to step outside your comfort zone. Wilona, okay. I know you have stuff to say. Um, this is Wilona, and, yes, we do co-write. Yes, I write with Jade, and that's one of my favorite things to do. And if you want to read a book with just me and Jade in it, it's If Only I Were Me. Very short, but Alexis Rose wrote, like, one or two things in there as well. Um, but the, the And I Thought series, we felt it was better to co-write with people. So we do have people in there at the time that were 26 to 62. They're all a little older now, but they're all holding at 27. We're all 27. Yeah, every last one of us. It doesn't matter if we're younger or older than 27. We're 27. <laughs> 27, okay. <laughs> Here's the magic number. Okay. 
So you you do well, anthologies. You do anthologies. So can you introduce our listeners to the book? And I thought I did. Is this the one you co-wrote? I want to make sure I'm remembering this. And I thought I did my journey alone. And what are some yes. of the topics covered in that book? Yes. I, well, we don't like to call them anthologies. We don't like to call them anthologies. We like to call them literary life guides of pop poetry. Because doesn't that just sound cooler than an anthology? I know y'all want a literary life guide of pop poetry. You like an anthology. Okay, yeah, there you, you go. You was like, good night. I'm already, you was already snowing. You was already snowing. So literary lifestyle pop poetry, though, kind of sounds like you want to get on in there. So what are some there you go. There that, you go. Um, and that it's basically about a traveler going through life, and we discuss different things. Like um, a traveler must leave behind things for lighter travel. So we're talking about when we're moving past where we are right now, right? We're stepping out of our comfort zone, which means sometimes we have to leave that Snuggie at the house. We don't want to. It's so comfortable, but we have to leave it at the house because we need to go forward in our life. And then we talk about um, we talk about having respect for other people, uh, respect for people that we have lost. And we talk about a little bit of death there. We talk about having fun with friends. Having fun with friends. Um, also, falling down isn't like um, losing footing isn't necessarily falling down because yes, we all get a little bit off the path, but it's okay. Come back on, we'll start again. Okay. Let me ask you, let me, let me ask you this. Uh, can you share some signs from when, you, when you're working with these different writers and what they, what they share? What are some signs that a person is living in a comfort zone? Because life itself is challenging every day, generally, for regardless. Are there any signs that somebody is in a comfort zone and not moving forward? There's nothing wrong with living in comfort zone, first of all. Sometimes you just need to skate, right, because life is hard. Um, <laughs> if you want to do something more, but you're just like, oh, I don't know, that's not for me. If everything is for you. If you want it, it's for you. It's for you. But if you tell yourself it's not for you, comfort zone, and you're going to continue having that in that space. Like if you're just like, hey, I would like to write a book. And sometimes people cannot write their own book, and there's nothing wrong with hiring a ghostwriter to write your book. There's nothing wrong with that. But see, like if you, if I was in my comfort zone, I'd be like, oh, I, I can't never write it. I will never write it. It just won't happen to me. I'll just let other people do it. No, no. How can I still get this book that I have in my heart out to the public? Oh, I can hire someone that's a writer and they ghostwrite to get my book out to the public. Yes. Okay. That's a good example. For, you well, don't, this is like Ramona. Uh-huh. And you know that you're in your comfort zone when your own thoughts and about being safe within your own cocoon and not going beyond what you want to into a strange kind of new world stops you from having the life that you want. Um I've always said it like this. I know I'm in a comfort zone. If I ask myself, if I was on my deathbed, would I regret not doing this? Uh, and if I say I would regret it, then I got to get out of my comfort zone. Wow. And you know what they've done? People who work with hospice and nurses have said, that is one of the number one regrets people have when they know that they're at the end of their journey, their physical journey. They say, i I wish I had have done something, and I wish I hadn't cared so much what other people thought. I'm going to go a little, this is Winona again. I'm just going to say a little bit, like when you said at the beginning, it's like what they learned from life. Well, I'm going to go a little bit with, yeah, this is what I learned. I left an emotionally, a severely emotionally abusive relationship, and I recognized, and I was real young, and then I was like, if I could make it through this, and I recognized during that relationship, I was like, there's so much I missed. I just wanted to be so safe in my life that I made this decision. So from now on, if it doesn't break my moral compass, guess who's doing it? Well, no. Wow. Oh, I told you. know what? We I, Again, different people who have been, they say domestic violence is a, it's, it is a hard one to navigate, and it generally takes six to seven attempts before somebody will, if they get free, 
before they do. I just it, not to not to expound on that too much, but how long were you in that relationship, and what happened to make you say, "I'm I'm getting out of here"? Well, I was very lucky. He left me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, like, but the reasons he left me were funny. Um, <laughs> but um, what what made me recognize that I was in an emotionally abusive relationship was because one day I recognized I was chopping onions, and I was one day I recognized that I um I was not this person before I got married to him. So why am I this person now? And nothing much has changed. I I still make the same decisions. I still kind of conversate the same way. I still have the same friends, but all of a sudden I'm a different person. No, I can't do everything wrong. I'm sorry. Yes. Wow, you know, that's a tricky one. To, that's a tricky one. If some somebody is, people I'm told who are, or, who are the uh, perpetrator, they're very charming and loving and romantic and they want to move the relationship forward fast. That Somebody told me that's one sign that something could be wrong. The person wants to move in with you really fast. They want to get married real fast. And they're, they're overly charming. It's like, wait a minute, something's not right. And then you, you see that good that side of them, whether it's authentic or not, and then they're really mean. And so it's, you get confused because they switch back and forth, and you start to wonder, is it me? Is it me? I just am so glad that you got free and, even if he laughed, that you didn't go begging him to come back. So kudos, kudos to you. Can you tell us, uh, Jade and Winona, about some of the other books in the And I Thought book series? Well, Jade had to step away for a quick second, so uh, I'm sorry, y'all, y'all. I just talked with a narcissist. So um, <laughs> we have the And I Thought series, which is And I Thought Divorce Was Bad, And I Thought Being Grown Up Was Easy, And I Thought He Was the One... There's a bunch more, and I thought I did my journey alone, and I thought I could juggle it all, and I thought I had to figure it all. I thought I had it all figured out. There's some more in there, and I just can't remember. Um, we also have managers, and then we have If Only I Were Me, The Misfit Guides, Singles, Cocktail Floors of the LBD, The Misfit Guides, Single Sassy Sway. I think that's right. And Misfit is M-I-S-S dash fit guide. Okay. And then, of course, the Widow's Webs and Widow's Death. And Foreign Coffee. I, so smart. And I thought this book series with all these different people's voices and their own personal experiences in this book. In these books. So every time you read one, you say, oh, I really like that. I can't wait for the next one. And then you have these <laughs> introduce your readers to these new uh, these new writers and, and just new people really sharing their own personal experiences. Now, you also produce a magazine. What type of topics do you focus on in the, and I thought, the, the literary magazines that you create? I thought literary magazine, oh, God, I really would love for it to be a literary magazine and just that. It's more of an entertainment issue. <laughs> um, so, like, I started off with, like, this is going to be a literary magazine like everybody else's. And I, we just put literature in it and, like, writing and stuff. And so now there is literary stuff, and then we have a little bit about Hollywood because we interview people on our other podcast from Hollywood. So we interview, like, two or three people from Hollywood that are doing, like, shows or, or they're producing something or they're doing a movie so you get a behind-the-scenes peek. Then we have an actual script like a pieces of episodes of scripts, so I guess that's part of the literary. Uh, then there's a music person, um, and then now there's a fashion bit, and then, of course, books you should read. So we try to hit every aspect of the entertainment industry real quickly. What if one of our our guests, one, one of our off-the-shelf listeners, wanted to contact you to see if they could be interviewed or appear in the and I thought magazines. How could, are you open to that? And how would, would a listener yeah. reach out to you? I am definitely open to submissions. We have a June issue coming up. Please, y'all. I would like to fill it with something other than um, actors and actresses. <laughs> Please have some writing. Um, so you can go to andwethought.com, fill out the contact us form, tell us that you want to submit to the literary magazine. We will happily get back to you and read your piece. Um, okay. And 
let you know. Uh, we also have the 25 Hottest Authors magazine that comes out once a year. It's out right now, the 2022 issue. Um, you can go there and nominate also on the Contact Us form. Just say that you're nominating an author and please put in, like, their website and why you would nominate them. And we'll definitely pass it on to our board to consider for to be on the list of the 25 Hottest Authors, Artists, or Advocates. And this is an annual, you said it's a magazine? It's a magazine. It's an annual magazine. So think um, how people says does the hottest people hottest people alive, right? Like they'll do like the hottest man this year, or the sexiest man, and then you'll have other yeah. people who are sexy or hot in there. This is the same thing. It's just for authors and then um, for creative for people behind it, like their literary agents. Um, and then, of course, you got a little, you got to represent Hollywood a little bit in there. And advocates, because we are huge on always giving back to the community. In fact, this year's cover is a doctor who volunteered with no pay when COVID first began to fight COVID. Wow, wow. So I also want to, you guys just do so much. Are you, when you, let me ask you this, and this wasn't a question I was initially going to ask you. When you started out, was it in your intention to go full-time with this, or did you have, like, a full-time job and you were hustling this on on the side? I just saw something, I want to say it was in Black Enterprise, where people are, they got, they got, they got this side hustle going, and it's a real business, but they also have a full-time job. And you just, it's like, oh, my God, how are you doing all of this? Was it your intention to always set it up? so that you could do it full-time, or was it always going to be a strong side hustle? So, um, honestly, when I started off, it was my intention to have it as a side hustle because, I mean, books are books. Um, And then Jade, Jade begged me. She was like, can you please pay attention to this like it was a business? And I told her, I was like, Jade, now you know if I come in here, I'm going to be obsessed until we make it as far as we can possibly make it. And she said, that's fine, just please come on in here and, and do this. And so I did, and now it's a full-time thing. We did have full-time jobs. I was a sign language interpreter and Braille transcriber, and Jade was a sign language interpreter. And we have both retired, and writing is what we do. Oh, my God. I just kudos, kudos to you guys. You know, I, I, I saw something. They said, if you... The people succeed the most, and they've done a study. If you have a backup plan, and it sounds like Jay didn't have one, if you have a backup plan, you're more likely to fail. They said it's, 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 if you don't have a backup plan, it's back to the comfort zone and the self-rejection, and you're like, I have to make this work because I don't have any other choice. They said you tend to succeed. Karen Quintos Miller from Philadelphia, she self-published her novel, Satin Doll, and I went to a conference years ago with her, and she said that's how she got her book on the New York Times bestseller list and getting it in Barnes & Noble. She used to go up there all the time. They told her to stop coming. She kept coming up there, carry my book in your store. She said she put everything she had into the book, and she just hustled it, hustled it, hustled it until it made the New York Times bestseller list. She didn't give herself a backup plan. <laughs> she said, I, it's got to work. It's got to work. Now, now, how did you get, how did you get, and I thought, on Roku TV? I love Roku. How did you go about that? Oh, it's not there anymore. It used to be. Uh, it stopped being there about three weeks ago. We just let it run to the side. Oh, uh, so what happened was we wanted, to, I wanted to be on the show that was on Roku TV. And I kept getting no, but that didn't mean I stopped asking. <laughs> so by the time that we actually got ourselves together enough to research and find out how we could get on Roku TV, we had a private channel, though. Um, we went ahead and did that and put it on Roku TV. And voila, it we worked out. And then we got the interview that I've always wanted to be on Roku TV. And then I fell upset because I was like, dude. I, I don't need it now. I'm on Roku TV all the time. <laughs> now, for me, my biggest thing, because Jade is not here right now, so she can't stop. My biggest thing was when, first of all, we got on channel, like on Sacramento and San Francisco and San Diego on Channel 18. Um, we got our reality show featuring us and our life 
on actual network television. And then we got it on Amazon. To me, that was amazing. And then, of course, our next one would have been when we finished our documentary that came out this year. You go ahead. Oh, my goodness. Now, you both also travel. You travel broadly, interviewing in London, the USA, Ireland, et cetera. Yeah. Where, I have so to ask, on your, mm-hmm. where did you well, – go ahead and, 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 and finish your, what you were going to say, and then I had a question I wanted to ask you. I prefer to ask answer your question. What I have to say is not important. I'm a narcissist after all. You know, I'll talk about that. <laughs> where did you learn your hustle? Who Who is the one who's really – are you both equally like, let's go get it, let's go do it, and this is what we got to do. We got to research, like when you got on Roku, want to be on Roku, we got to interview, see what we got to do. You travel. Where did you learn this hustle and your confidence, your confidence to say, I have this idea, I'm going to research it. It may work, it may not work, but I'm going for it. Um, my mother, that was Evil Nona, that's what talking, and Dave's mother, We own, they own the businesses. So uh, we've been okay. running businesses all our lives. Now, as for the creative function, what I did not mention earlier in my our story, what, my story about, like, the notebooks and stuff when I was mailing them, well, my mother told me, oh, this is wonderful that you have people reading them, but I'm not going to keep buying you notebooks and pens and pencils to support your writing habits, you know, your writing hobby. So I had to figure out a way to pay for my own stuff. And so my mother has always been big on, yeah, she can be creative, but where's the money? So that has always helped. <laughs> Now, um, for to answer the question about where we learned the hustle, it literally was determination. One of our co-authors told me that we could never have a nationwide book tour. And we're like, why? Why? Why yes. can't we have one? Jade is back. Yes, and why can't we have one? Why would an author tell you? Why do you think they told you that? Because she was trying to make us be realistic. I understand. Yeah. Oh, or they, maybe they tried it and they and they ran into some hurdles. Could be. Well, I don't know. Yeah, so so that's what happened. And then I was like, wait a second, what's a nationwide book tour but traveling and have people buy your books? And then I was like, I made it even harder on myself because that's who I am. I was like, let's make it traveling and being on, like, television and, like, red carpets and stuff. And so that's what we do. So we don't go to book festivals on tour often. We tend to be there for radio or television. It's pretty much straight PR. An appearance. Okay. Now tell yeah. us, tell us about your you you had in 2019, and was this the first year? And are you still doing it? I know with COVID, you might have had to pump the brakes, but tell us about your 2019 thoughtful book festival. What was that experience like? Putting it together, getting the authors. What was it like uh, at the festival? Well, it was our online festival, so we were doing Zoom before the whole world did Zoom. So oh, wow. that's, what we, that's what we did. It was an online um, book festival, and the awards were online as well. Yeah. So everything was online. And then in, uh, like, 2020, when everything went online in the bigger book festival, we were like, well, they don't need us anymore. So, so we retired. So we retired that. But we still have, and what is coming back this year, the Inspirational Women in Literature, Media, and Journalism Awards will be back this year in person in Atlanta, Georgia, in October yes. for the – Fifth year running? Yeah. I cannot believe it's been going on that long. Oh. What, so what, what? So are you guys putting this together, or are you, are you actually appearing at the event? No, that's our awards. We've been doing it since 2017, the Inspiration Women in Literature, Media, and Journalism Awards. We've been doing it since then. And so virtual and so who are some? Tell us about some of the people who you've given awards to, and uh, like, are they do, do they are they on local television, or do you focus more on more regional or national for somebody to be not only nominated but to win an award? It's actually uh, international because we we it's always believe in hybrid, so that was a thing, and so. We've given it to people like Gazella Rowe and, um, oh, my goodness, I can't remember her name, but her name, first name was Martha, and she worked, she did the style editor for the Washington Post. And um, then we gave one to Marilyn Hall. Oh, my goodness, the U.K. Woman of the Year, Stephanie Dial, television producer for Haven. 
Okay. Oh, and then, of course, in the U.K., we did the um, Indie Book Festival, the founder of the Indie Book Festival. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. And this is in Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. I, I used to live in Atlanta, and there's just so many things that go on. You, I'm sure you and people coming back out of COVID, you're probably going to have a nice, nice turnout uh, in October for this year's mm-hmm. event. Now for our listeners who might be interested in launching their own book event, be it a festival or an awards event, can you, whether they do it online or offline, because you, you have your journalist wars again in Atlanta in October, and you also had it in California once, but can you tell mm-hmm. us, our listeners, what, what, just a few steps of what go, is involved in putting an event like that together? Work. Lots of work. <laughs> I had to say that, right? So I didn't want anyone to think it was going to be super easy because it's not. But work and and really start looking around at the people you would like to invite there, right? Not even not only just the big names, but the smaller names, like Definitely. some of the indie authors that you really enjoy reading. So maybe invite them to your festival. And then, as Monona is very, very, like, she knows how many steps do you have to break down every problem into, Monona? Every problem should be broken down into three to five steps. I normally say three to five steps and $20, but it's inflation out here, so let's forget that part. <laughs> <laughs> idea it was do we know enough people mm-hmm. is there a place to have it and how much do the awards cost right. and we knew enough people we knew a place to have it that we could afford and the awards weren't expensive and then of course it becomes like oh well are we going to do food or not do food and that was that was about it that was about as much planning as I went into it and, and so you made the list of the people that you would like to come like the the honorees and then the people you would like to be in the audience. If you're gonna sell tickets, how much are they gonna be? And um, so we decided instead of selling tickets, we would donate it to a charity. So we, we also like to work with charity. Yes. So this is this is our event that is for charities. So like all almost about a hundred percent of the proceeds that doesn't go to like running the venue and goes to the charity. And like the food. Wow. Yeah. After the food and venue, everything else goes to a charity that we choose to work with that year. Sometimes it's food, so sometimes it's charity. Now, I have had friends. One friend ran a, a conference out of, out of a writer's conference in Dayton, Ohio, and I think it was the only one. And she worked with St. Clair College, and she got sponsorships. So do you guys get, like, do you go out and get sponsorships? You know, it gives other, not only other authors and book publishers and independent bookstores, but businesses as well, they can get exposure, especially if there's a lot of foot traffic or even online traffic coming through the event. Is that another way that you fund? Yes, yes. They absolutely can do that. Like, um, fortunately, someone actually took the planning part over from us, which is super amazing. And we're so for this year, yes, we do not have to do it. We don't have to do it. And we're so thankful to the person that did it and the combining it with a, a whole weekend event. But we were so thankful that they asked and, and they did it for us. And yes, they have gotten different sponsors and things like that. And you can. Now, there are some things that we openly admit that we do not know how to do. Sponsorships are one of them. Right? And so we always ask someone in our circle to help us with that. Because you can't do it all, people. It's just It's just true. Now, what we're really good at, or I should say what I'm really good at, is like every year we get media coverage. Like right. We either get televi- television media coverage, written media coverage, radio coverage. We end up with all three normally every year. So, like, okay. that we do. Because our job was was mostly, it wasn't about, like, bringing in a ton of, bringing in some money. It was our way of giving back. But it was also our way, I knew that what we, I could do was bring attention to mm-hmm. that charity. So that charity got more exposure than it would get normally. Yeah, so now it had more donations than it would normally get. And so that that's what we're good at. So we understand that that's what well, Winona's good at that, and I'm just good putting on makeup and showing up. But, uh, <laughs> so, but the point is, 
okay. Accept what you're not you're not too good at. That's okay. It's all right. Have someone else do what you're not good at. And so. it also works. It also works out well that our books actually sell and our magazine sells, so that we are able to afford that on our own. If we need to, we can afford it on our own dime. Okay. Now you you both are just so much fun. Again, your energy, the way you work together and bounce off each other. It's just it's 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 refreshing and it's not something you see a lot of. Tell us how you learned to develop and launch your successful podcast. And can you tell our listeners where they can find you, your podcast, the title of your podcast, where they can find you, what, when, what days and times you're on live, if they want to catch you live so they can maybe even post in the comment section instead of just listening to the archives. Could you tell us a little bit about your podcast, when it airs live, the date, the time, et cetera? Everything your ladies are doing on www.andithoughtladies.com or www.andwethought.com. And our podcast, And I Saw It Ladies, or The Women's Cave, as we affectionately call it, uh, the okay, the podcasts are the and I thought the writers class meet Hollywood Monday and the Ladies Tale podcasts are all on Speaker dot com, but you can also get them at everywhere that there are podcasts. Obviously, all the other places, and Spotify, iHeart, and of course you can do YouTube. Yes, and then I think that's it for podcast wise. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention this one thing. I did. You can also get our clothing line. At andwethought.com because, you know, we turned our books into a clothing line, which was featured in a uh, Canadian fashion magazine. So I guess that technically makes me an international model. Yeah, we modeled them, so we were international uh, fashion models. Yay! (laughs) Awesome, awesome, ladies. Can you give our listeners a few tips, and then I want to talk about your mugs. (coughs) Excuse me. Give me your mugs. You okay? Yes, I'm getting something to drink. And you talked about your yes. fashion, but I want to talk about your mugs uh, next. But for our listeners, I always like to share tips uh, for our listeners who themselves might be small business owners or writers. Can you offer any tips to somebody who's looking to land a radio or a podcast interview, whether it's with you or another uh, podcast or radio station? Any tips you can offer? Persistent. Okay. So, yeah, thank you, Jay. Again, concise. What is with it? I don't I know that you were going to take the the, um, the pitch letter. I knew you were going to take it, so I was going to just say, but that's it. Okay, so for, this is Winona, and for PR, trying to get a podcast or a radio show, a podcast one sheet is, off, is awesome to have. Just something quickly that they can read through and they can find the link. If you're pitching television, make sure that you're not pitching to be a talking head and that it has something to do with society. That's your business or or books to society. For instance, if you're a romance author on Valentine's Day, we could talk about the fictional romance structure and the real, you know, if you're married and you have a real long romance with real romances and, like, for, for, uh, four tips to make real romance last. And then put your four tips in there, and then write your your romance novel writer as well. Um, and then or something about like dating while when you're older, because if you wrote a romance about, a book about dating while you were older, some of the things that you learn that you learn exactly while doing your research. Okay. And then make sure that it's that it's not long. It has to be very short, and the subject line, the subject line must be the most the best five or six words that you have ever put together in your life if you want to get this show. And it has to be checky to make you want to read more. Remember that you know how to do this already because you write query letters. And a query letter has a hook in it to get the publisher to read more or the literary agent. You do the exact same thing with a pitch letter. Okay, so for our listeners out there, uh, uh, there's some tips on how you can get on radio, TV, and then the good directories to to look through. And make sure you 
I really encourage people to listen to the show. If you don't listen to the whole thing, part of it, a few of them, so you know what to expect. And because every show is not the same, because <laughs> every audience isn't the same, so you know what to expect uh, going into the show. Now, you also offer mugs. You talked about your fashion. You you were modeling your clothes that are made off of your and I thought the the books, etc. Are there any other, can you share any other products you offer at your website and wethought.com? Well, I mean, of course our books and our audio books because we never talk about that a lot. So oh. let's talk about our books and our audio books. Joe Sands did a wonderful job reading our books, and we really appreciate her for, for doing that for us. So, yeah, so um, I like to say that a lot of people don't like to read poetry, right? We like to listen to poetry, so this is why. It's an audio book form. You can listen to your poetry on your walk or whatever you're doing. This is well known, and I'm going to give you the list. <clears throat> I think we have what? You can do your luggage. We have, like, luggage. We have bags. We have hoodies. We have shirts. We have dresses. We have bathing suits. We have flasks. We have wine. And the list keeps going. We have decanters. <laughs> you name it. We've got it. Okay, okay. Anything with... And I love that, and just keep it, keep it growing. And hopefully one day somebody will look up and say, oh, like it's in Target or it's in some other store where they see where they see your, your, your thing. You never know when you start out where it's going to end up if you just, just keep going. We are coming down to less than, like, we only have about three or four minutes left in today's show. I wanted to ask you uh, where, so people can get copies of your books at, and we thought dot com and your other products. If somebody has like a e ebook reader device, are your books an ebook? And where can they get like an yes. ebook copy? Yes, you can find our titles on Amazon dot com, Noble dot com. So yes, you can definitely get ebooks. I'm a huge ebook reader. I mean, I'm also a huge paperback reader, but so of course I'm gonna definitely have ebooks. So um, Amazon dot com. One of the easiest ways to get us is. Google Winona Marie, and it will show right up. Or Dan Thought Ladies, you show right up. Okay. And that name is so unique, so you picked another unique name. One one last question uh, uh, before I start to wrap it up. Now, is you guys are really skilled at this, and it sounds like one of you, you said you did sign language, but it sounds like you've had some experience with publicity or marketing. So as a final tip for our authors who are listening, do you think it's important for authors not just to write a good book but to have a strong business and marketing skills, confidence, and vision? Because you guys have that. Well, um, yes, you want to do publicity and marketing. Before the book even comes out, you want to be already doing your marketing. And you don't have to be a whiz at this. Remember what we said before. Sometimes this is just not something that you're good at. Make sure you hire a proper person or listen to some podcasts, namely this podcast also, to listen to marketing tips. Like before your book comes out for two, three months, you need to be talking about your book, not in an annoying way, like buy my book, it's a free order, but in a fun meme way. Like did you know that I have a book coming out? Let's think about it. Be creative. Look at other people and what they're doing and seeing if you can't go about making that for yourself in marketing, and especially um, here's a nice hot tip for most people. Memes and stuff, maybe you're not so good at making them. But you can join Canva. Canva has really, really a nice place, really easy to do memes, really easy to do very nice Facebook posts with pictures and things like that. And you can pay for Canva, which is about $12 a month, which I like to say one less large pizza, and you have this is Winona, and I'm going to say, Don't say that all yeah, time, you can say that all the time. This thing, one less lot of pizza a month, and you can have your means and everything to order. This is why I only order small pizzas, so she can never say that's my candle money. I'll be like, ha-ha, it is not. <laughs> it's true, too, because you, you never have a uh, like, since I've been saying it, she's always been like, a medium piece. I'm like, why didn't you get a large? Oh, no. You will not be like that. You will not say that to me. Um, this is Winona. And for P 
PR and marketing, let me just say this one thing. We learned early because somebody, they, okay, let's say they allegedly said that they were uh, coworkers with the person who wrote 50 Shades of Grey. And they were like, you know what she did more important than writing? She marketed first for three to four uh, years. And then that book came out, it hit number one. Wow. And she went around and asked people what kind of book they wanted to read, made those connections, made those, like, you know, she went to different book clubs, joined different book clubs, made those connections with these people, asked them what kind of book they wanted to read, wrote the book, went back to the book club, because she was already in, and said, oh, I have a book. And I wrote it. That's what we heard, and we thought, oh, my goodness, if she could do it, why can't we? There you go. There you go. There you go. Oh, my goodness, we are out of time. What a blessing. Uh, here with Jade and Winona and just very appreciative and thankful that they took time out of their busy schedule to be with us here on Off the Shelf Books this morning. You guys got to check them out at andwethought.com. It's spelled just the way it sounds, A-N-D-W-E-T-H-O-U-G-H-T.com, andwethought.com. Can't miss it, can't miss it. They got fashion, they got mugs, they got books, audio books, and their books, e-books are available at, at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, et cetera. But just go hop on over to andwethought.com, and from there you can learn more about Jade and Winona. You're going to love this. Here's a check out their podcast and other things that they're into. Main spot again, andwethought.com. Thank you so much, Jade and Winona, for being here with us today and for all that you shared. And to our off-the-shelf listeners, as I always tell you, you are awesome. You're amazing. You are incredible. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jade and Winona, I'll shoot you an email to the show when it finishes streaming. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for having us.